know, the mindset and attacking it in a positive way that, you know, I'm going to push through and I'm going to climb this mountain um, to make sure, you know, that I get to the top. Uh, that's what really drives and that's what creates those fighters and, and those successful kids and businessmen, husbands and uh, so forth. And so uh, just being there to make sure that my kids know that, uh, you know, though there's there's good and bad days that uh, you can still put forth 100% effort and, uh, you know, that's your attitude, that you're driving force through everything. Welcome, everybody, to the Coach's Journey Show. I'm your host, Matt Mullins. And on today's episode, we feature Brad Smithy. Brad is currently on the board of directors for USA Football and has had a long career in coaching the sport as well. Some of the topics we dive into today, we discuss the importance of relationships and also playing on team sports. Brad also gives a great perspective on how we can handle adversity and teaching this to our athletes as well. I have been so excited to share this episode with everyone today, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So please enjoy this edition of The Coach's Journey. Hey, Brad, appreciate you coming on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, what I like to do is I'm, I'm very interested in getting to know coaches' stories, and the biggest question that I start off with is, what is the why behind coaching for you? What is your reason for doing this? Why did you get into the career? What drives you in this profession? Man, I think this profession is, is the most impactful, uh, impactful profession you can have. Um, just to see the, the way that you can change the course of a kid's life um, is really what motivates me. Um, it really is what gets me up and drives me to, to go to work and, and put forth effort and, and show my passion towards this profession and this sport because, uh, one, it's meant so much to me and it's, it's given me so much in my life. Um, two, I, I know it can be an outlet for people who, you know, really struggle at home and, and don't really have another way to get out. So it, it's just a, it's just a daily reminder on, uh, how much of a blessing this profession is because of how much you're actually needed in this world. That's a great answer. And it definitely puts that in perspective, like how, how needed coaches are, uh, in this, in this world, especially today. You know, it, it's so it's just so different with technology and everything you hear all the time. Um, we're, we have so many friends online, but yet in real life, you know, we're not connected. We're not really connected to anybody. And I think the profession of coaching can really build those connections with kids and really change their lives. So I think that's a great answer that you give there. Um, you and I talked on the phone the other day and you mentioned two of your biggest influences in coaching were your mother and your father. And I didn't get the chance to ask you, uh, what, did, what did your mother coach? So my mother coached uh, volleyball and track. Uh, she actually was one, uh, she won 300 degrees in, in volleyball. She was a very successful volleyball coach. Uh, but one of the main reasons uh, she's one of my biggest inspirations is, man, she's been through a lot about the last eight years. Uh, she she got this rare nervous system disease that it attacks after an injury. And, wow. and she constantly feels like she's having an injury over and over again. Uh, and this past year, she was recently uh, diagnosed with COPD, but never smoked a day in her life. So um, her attitude and the way that she attacks things uh, reminds me just of an old coach, an old athlete. I mean, she uh, she knows, you know, she's got two choices when she wakes up. She can either attack the day or let it defeat her. And 
man, I've, if I could tell you that uh, she's the strongest person in the world, I, I would uh, guarantee she is because, uh, man, that woman is, is superwoman. I'll tell you that. Wow. That's that's great. And, you know, pray, prayers for your mother. You know, that's I'm sure that's that's tough to that's tough to deal with. But it sounds like that she's a great example and that she um, she gives the, she gives the right mentality to, to her situation to take to attack the day with a positive attitude and to fight through that. So that's, that's, it's awesome. And um, I hope that she, I hope that she continues to get stronger through what she's going through. So that's great that she is, that she is pushing through the way that she is. Um, So you mentioned your dad as well, being a mentor for you and you've actually gotten the opportunity to coach with him. So talk to us and talk to listeners a little bit about the things you've learned from your dad um, growing up, but also very interested in hearing what you've learned coaching with them and getting that perspective. Man, uh, obviously growing up a coach's kid, just like most coaches' kids, you, you grow up in the, in the foothouse. I mean, that's, that's basically your home. You're probably there more than you are at your actual home. Uh, so the first thing I, I got to really pick up with is just one, the, the relationships that uh, he was able to connect and build with those kids and be able to, really see the driving force and the impact that he has on them and the influence that he has over them. Um, and that's really kind of what, you know, drew me to kind of, you know, have a passion for this profession. Um, <laughs> now, now coaching with has been, been completely different. I get to see a whole different side of them, you know, uh, yeah. as kids, you don't pick up on some. And then of course, when it's time they have closed door meetings, some uh, can you step out? Uh, but now, you know, it, it's time that we got down and dirty together. And, uh, man, I, first I'll say it, it, it's been one of the most blessing, biggest blessings is to be able to work with your father, uh, to share, you know, uh, big time wins, hard losses, um, to be able to share that with somebody who, who really was a big impact and a driving force on why I'm in this profession uh, is really special. Uh, but, man, some of the things I learned, especially now, uh, is one just just simple things as a young coach of, of what to do and what not to do, you know, with your players. Uh, you know, one of the first hard lessons I had when I got into the profession, especially in the high school uh, ranks, was, you know, arguing with players, you know, getting to where, uh, you know, they see you as an authority figure because, um, you know, when they bring that argument forth and you, you engage in that argument, you're now kind of stooping it down to their level instead of keeping that authority figure, you know, and, and uh, that leader that you need to be, you know, to get things accomplished. Um, another thing is, you know, just how to handle, uh, you know, the good days and bad days. Uh, obviously, I would be lying to you if I said that every day under, uh, you know, as a coordinator was great, grand, and just beautiful. Um, but there's some days, you know, that you get your butt ripped more than others and, and uh, because, you know, you're the coordinator, you're, you're getting looked at the most. And uh, so it gets put on you. And he really taught me how to uh, kind of let that just go by the wayside and, and maintain that next play focus, just like we tell our players and, and really dig in and try to just make sure that I'm focused on the task at hand and, and getting our kids ready to play. That's awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm interested, like, it's we talk about you know and I've talked about this multiple times with other guests on the show about consistency uh, and and your attitude as a coach is to be consistent with that is very important. So 
talk to us a little bit. I haven't really gotten in depth with, you know, and I want to, I want to hear what it is that you do. Uh, maybe, you know, it's something that you say to yourself or it's just the certain perspective that you have on, on life and everything. When you have those good and bad days, how do you manage, how do you manage your attitude to make sure that you are still being uh, efficient for your players and that you're not, you know, if you are having a bad day, the, the mood is not turning into a negative one. Yeah, like, um, I said, one of, one of the big driving forces has been my mom. She's really kind of been the one to influence me on this one is, uh, you know, I, I wake up every morning and, and it's a gift. And that's the way I, I try to attack it. And that's the way I look at it because um, there are so many people who aren't fortunate enough to either wake up or one, be able to get out and do the things they love anymore. Uh, so just seeing every day as a gift and a blessing from God is uh the thing that, that drives me and really kind of keeps me motivated uh, and trying to be that blessing for my students. Uh, I work in an area right now where uh, a lot of the kids don't have a very, very good home life. And so the only consistency that they get is at school. So any inconsistent days I have is going to rub off on them and uh, just being able to bring, you know, energy and, and juice each day and uh, making sure I'm, I'm giving forth 100% effort to them because, you know, in the end, that's that's who it's for. It's for these kids and uh, getting them to buy into what you want and and uh, understanding that, you know, life's going to be rough at times and, you know, we're all going to have our bad days, but, you know, the mindset and attacking it in a positive way that, you know, I'm going to push through and I'm going to climb this mountain um, to make sure, you know, that I get to the top. Uh, that's what really drives and that's what creates those fighters and, and those successful kids and businessmen, husbands, and uh, so forth. And so uh, just being there to make sure that my kids know that, uh, you know, though there's, there's good and bad days that uh, you can still put forth 100% effort and, uh, you know, that your attitude is your driving force through everything. Mm -hmm. well, what do you think is the most important – whenever you're getting ready for – you know, fall camp, spring ball, anything like that. What do you think is the most important thing you can do to set the tone for yourself as a coach with your players? Most important thing I think is uh, obviously bring and show that passion. Um, I definitely want them to, uh, when we hit the ground running on day one, to understand that it's go time and, uh, you know, it's Christmas morning. It's ready to roll. And just bringing that excitement and love for the game of football and passing on my love to them and watching them just go out and enjoy. I mean, I really think that is the most important thing is, one, just getting kids to enjoy the game. Uh, with so much going on now with, you know, camps, recruiting, people wanting to be superstars and five stars and stuff, I think sometimes that gets pushed to the wayside, just the pure enjoyment of the game that, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to put that back in the forefront, focus and, uh, really drive everything around that is is just enjoying, loving, and playing this game. Mm -hmm. Being present in the moment, really, you know. I think that's a, a good Absolutely. thing to think about as well. Um, you know, and I, I really I really enjoy these talks, you know, talk about, you know, just it's motivating for me, and I know it's motivating for other coaches to hear people like you talk about these things. It just, you know, it, it just really rebuilds that fire, you know. Sometimes you get – you get down a little bit, but whenever you hear these types of things, it really kind of builds you back up. So um, let's go ahead and let's pan into your career a little bit. So you're at Brazosport High School right now, but you've also you've also been 
on the board of directors for USA Football. So I'm really interested in how you've been able to manage both high school and being uh, on the board of directors for USA Football. And then what are some of the things that you did to get to that point where you were on the board of USA Football? Uh, first things, I've had a, a couple of really good head coaches that have been real understanding and supportive of my goals. And I think when you can uh, work for guys like that, uh, it makes it easier for you to, you know, be all in when, when they need you to and um, just really be there for them. And, uh, you know, both my head coaches, when I got elected, I, I kind of told them to deal. I said, one, uh, my forefront, my main focus is, is Brazosport football. And USA football is not going to step in the way of that. And um, luckily enough, uh, USA football, especially in our board meetings, they do a great job of scheduling them during times when it's either a downtime or, or a weekend or something where I'm able to make it. Um, so I've been lucky to not even have to have missed a, a board meeting yet. And I think I've been to nine now um, where they fly us out either to Indianapolis or Orlando, depending on, the destination that they uh, they choose at that time. Um, but, man, it's just kind of a, a crazy story on how, you know, everything's happened and, and just how blessings fall into your lap sometimes. Uh, when I got done playing college ball, I went and uh, GA'd at Southeast Oklahoma State. Um, and while I was GA in there my first semester, uh, my dad calls me and he says, hey, uh, do you want to uh, – put yourself in nomination for the USA national team. You know, I kind of really didn't know much about it at the time. I knew he had worked a couple of high school camps. And um, so I said, yeah, man, go ahead. I was like, uh, why not? You know, anytime you get the chance to play football, let's do it. Uh, and let's see if I get selected. You know, I'm not thinking much of it because, you know, you're going to have your big time schools uh, put in and, you know, little division two sometimes get, get lost. And, um, <laughs> I just remember I was at the hospital visiting one of my aunts uh, when I got the call from uh, Todd Bell, who was uh, originally one of the leaders in uh, USA football. And he uh, he said, hey, Brad, I just want to say uh, congrats for uh, making the team. We watched your film. We liked what we saw. Uh, training camp will be July 10th in Akron, Ohio. We'll see you there. And so I was like, man, that's <laughs> – that's pretty cool, you know. So uh, I went back and I uh, talked with Coach Atterbury at Southeastern. I said, man, I, I know I just started here, and I, I want to continue to work from you. You're a great dude to work for. And um, I just had this opportun uh, opportunity handed to me. Uh, what's your thoughts? And he said, you'd be stupid if you don't do it. He goes, you can miss a month of work. Um, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, man. you got to take it. So uh, very grateful for him. Uh, for letting me do that because, you know, I'm not sure a lot of coaches would have at that time, uh, especially being a part of their program and being a, you know, position coach at that. Um, so got up there and uh, I think there were 60 of us and you had to make a cut of 45. Uh, so we went through a 10-day training camp and learning the offense and all that. And I was blessed enough to, to make the cut. And uh, so then when we moved from Akron, we went to Canton, and we got to play uh, four games in 10 days, which was insane uh, to play a full That's late football game for, yeah, for four days and 10 days. And, uh, man, it was – we ended up winning uh, against Japan 42-17, to 17, I think, in the, the championship game. And 
you know, it was just a really cool experience to see, you know, the globalization of football and how other countries thought of us. So um, I went back and just kind of speed things up a little bit. Um, I got a, they had a, the, the vote for the player representatives for the board of directors. And, uh, you know, I asked to be nominated and uh, I think it's a pretty cool deal when uh, your teammates can vote you as uh, vote you on as the board. So, um, it was all by player votes, uh, which I, I hope and, uh, you know, that it showed my leadership and, and the character that, you know, I'd like to live with. And, uh, man, since then, it's it's been crazy. Uh, connections I made, the, the great people I met, uh, the mission of USA football, uh, what it's done for me as far as a coach. I've got the coach in the International Bowls and AT&T Stadium against Mexico. I've been offensive coordinator. I've been doing the middle school bowls and, you know, just to meet so many great coaches across the country and, and just kids that love the game purely and, and uh, watching how football can make kids mold in such a short time. Cause all these events that we do with USA, it's only a week long. So when we played Mexico in January, they had their team together since late October and we had four days to prepare. <laughs> So, uh, of course, we ended up winning. It was a good deal. But, man, it's a – like I said, it, it's a cool thing to see, you know, just just the power of football and how it works. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think it's so it's so important that, you know, football is – I'm a football guy, you're a football guy. But, I mean, the reality of it is is that football is under attack a lot now, now today is just with, with concussions and everything. Um, and – We'll get. I want to get into the mission of USA football, but you and I talked about something interesting on the phone that I think that you mentioned you brought up in a board uh, a director's meeting. Uh, you, you talked about how we can get participation number uh, participation numbers back up uh, with youth football and, and, and making sure that kids continue to play football. What are your opinions? What are your thoughts on what we can do as coaches? You know, you have a big platform, but maybe high school coaches, middle school coaches, what more can we do uh, to, to get participation numbers back up in football? You know, uh, a lot of people are, you know, holding their kids out till their freshman years now, to, you know, to either start football because they're afraid of, uh, you know, the contact beforehand or even in junior high. They, you know, they really aren't sure when they want to start, you know, sending their kids uh, and there's really been no clear, concrete evidence on, um, you know, a 12-year-old is better than that 14 or whatever. I mean, I started playing tackle football in first grade. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm okay. My noggin's all right. So, <laughs> you know, it, that that's what worked for us and my family. But, uh, man, as high school coaches, the main thing we can do is, uh, one, just not really focus on, on those young, young guys, you know, those – fourth through sixth graders and, and pushing winning on them uh, because the in, in our study that we did with USA football, the number one factor of kids not playing or participating in a sport anymore by the time they come to junior high to high school was their coaches. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we've all seen those, those type of coaches that, you know, they're, they're pushing a kid, you know, so hard to, you know, fit one thing or one mold that they want. Um, that they forget about the best interest in the kid. And it really pushes them away from that sport. Uh, to be honest, that's, 
that's why I got out of baseball. I had a coach one day um, going into my freshman year said I either had to choose basketball or baseball. Hmm. And uh, if I chose basketball, you know, then don't come back to baseball no more. And if I choose baseball, I don't need to play basketball. Anymore. I was like, uh, you know, I'm a basketball coach, I need to play all I can. So <laughs> I like what that guy's saying. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I didn't play baseball after that anymore. It kind of pushed my love for the game out the way. Mm-hmm. And so I think as coaches, it's very important on how we, uh, you know, our messages are perceived through those kids and, and making it, uh, you know, understand the great values of not necessarily wins and losses, but how you can use the things and the lessons of football that will drive you through the rest of your life. You know, um, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth, you know. <laughs> It yeah. takes one. You take on one ISO block, man, and you got to regroup for that next play mm-hmm. and just uh, try to shake things off and, you know, the adversities that it gives. And like I said, as, as high school coaches and as coaches, period, we have that platform to really spread that messages. And sometimes I think, you know, we, some, we need to spread it more to those kids' parents more than anything because really and truly that's who we got to convince um, in the end, because it don't matter what little Johnny wants, but if his mom thinks that football is unsafe and unfit for a, you know, a 13 year old, then they're going to hold them out. If they don't see any value in the sport. And so it's uh, our job, you know, to preach those messages and show that, you know, it's not just about the bone crushing hits. It's, it's a lot more to it. And there's a lot more to gain from football. Hmm. I'd like for you to I'd like for you to talk a little bit more. You, you talk about the life lessons and everything. I think this would be great to get out uh, for people to hear, and, and maybe this is a message that we can all continue to pass along. I mean, we all we all know the life lessons that we've learned, but what do you think? Can we get more specific? What what more specific things can we tell to parents about to to help them understand like how, the importance of football? and what it can do for kids in the long run. I think the main one that especially gets lost in the day of uh, technology and, and social media is just the personal relationships that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to go out and, and work your tail off in the summer in the heat with that guy next to you and, and then going to battle on a Friday night, Saturday night, whatever, um, there's something to be said for that. You know, there, there's really these – strong bonds that you build, especially when you got a group that's, you know, fighting for a common goal. Um, and I think that really gets lost, especially in today's world, because so many people are just consumed with technology and, and we've really lost, you know, the human connection and how important it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a history teacher, I, 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 there's this lesson that we taught, you know, back when uh, Hitler was, uh, running things, they did a study with uh, newborn babies. They put some babies that had no human connections and then some babies that had human connections every day. And what happened was the babies that didn't have any interaction with humans ended up dying and, you know, and, and were never able to grow. And so it's, it's a human need for us to be able to build these relationships with people because uh, we need it. I mean, our, our, our bodies and, and just scientifically, you, you have to have it and being able to, you know, do it through a game like football and, and where it's so important to be able or to have to trust the guy next to you and really give your all for that guy. If you want to be successful, 
Um, I think that's the that's the message that gets lost the most because you know we hear about oh it teaches you hard work you know the adversities but sometimes I think like like I said it gets pushed aside where uh, the relationships are what's going to end up lasting you uh, more than anything uh, the connections you make um, those lifelong friendships I mean because you're, you're battling for the same thing you got the same common goals and um, later on in life, those are going to be the guys that, you know, you still hang on to and, and really cherish. Wow, man, that's, that's a powerful message right there. And being able to back that up with some, with some history too. That's uh that's great <laughs> stuff. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And, you know, I, I totally agree. And, you know, that's one of the things that, um, and you can, ex- you can expand on whatever I say, what I say right here, but I think, I totally agree with you. Personal relationships are the most important thing with, with any sport. I mean, you can relate it to any team sport to be able to be around a group of people that have a common goal and everything. It just empowers you somehow. And it just, it, it, it makes you better. It, it forces you to want to be better for people that you are playing on a team with. And, you know, one Ooh. thing, and I'm, I'm going on a tangent myself cause you got me thinking, um, <laughs> go on. One thing, one thing that I've heard before, uh, especially in today's world, like you said, with technology, um, is that we suffer from relational, relational poverty is what they described it as. And we connect with, and I'd said it earlier in the show, we connect with millions of people on the internet, but we don't have anybody to go and have dinner with or anything like that. So talking about building relationships it within our teams and, and maybe you do some certain things at your at Brazos sports uh Brazos sports excuse me what are some things that we can do to help foster those relationships with those kids because i feel like i feel like in today's world kids struggle to understand how to foster those relationships so what can we do to guide them and to teach them so uh, one thing that's actually been really cool the last few years is uh, I got chosen to do our team leadership class. I don't know if you've heard of the um, class team leadership, yeah. but the main focal point of team leadership is to teach kids how to build relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Brazosport, they actually require all freshmen to go through it. So it gives me an opportunity to, you know, to try to teach every freshman you know, just basic things. Number one, how to, you know, introduce yourselves to somebody, you know, how to shake hands, how to make eye contact, how to properly speak, you know, kind of what to ask and and starting uh, to build a relationship. Um, But one thing that's been real successful with, with what I've done with my guys uh, is one, just really get to know them. Um, You know, I live out here on the water with, uh, you know, I got a light on the water. I've had, you know, multiple of our multiple athletes come over and, uh, you know, we'll grill out and we'll throw some lines in the water. And <laughs> sometimes it's dudes who's never even went uh, fishing, you know, and they're just enjoying, you know, the company of each other. And, and it's spending that time outside of football, not just, you know, in the locker room, in the weight room or on the field is, is showing that you care outside of the locker room. And when you invite these kids over and, and you open up your homes to them and, you know, you cook them food and, uh, you know, you share some hobbies with them, it really shows to them that, you know, you're actually opening yourself up as a person to them, not just as a coach, that, you know, you're starting to care for them more on a personal level to where, you know, hey, I, I can fight for this guy because I know no matter what, he's got my back. And, 
uh, it's just really getting to know these kids and their stories because, man, there, there's so many kids that, that are going through so many things that I could never imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to find any connection, you know, to help them through whatever problems or some poverty or whatever it may be uh, has been just incredible. Uh, because, uh, I, like I said, there's there's kids that got some incredible stories that they've overcame adversity and, and uh, man, they, there's some really amazing kids out there. And I, I just enjoy, uh, like I say, getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I think it's powerful that you say spend the time outside of football. That way it's not just uh, I know you just because of football or I only know things about you just because of football and everything. Well, now, you know, you spend some time and being able to have that ability is great. The fact that you take advantage of it is awesome. Uh, but to say that I know you on a personal level outside of football really, I think, is powerful and goes a long way. I remember doing things like that uh, when I was a volunteer coach up in Oklahoma at Stillwater High School. We did a lot of things outside. I was a baseball coach. We did a lot of things outside of baseball that I think really brought everybody closer together. So I, I agree with you that that's very important to do to be able to just be able to make time for that. Um, Man, we could, we could talk for hours on that, and uh, we can go go around and around. But I, I want to keep on. I want to keep on pushing through. And I and I'm curious. You you talked about, um, you know, some of the people that you have been in contact with. There's some big name individuals, and uh, you you know you've worked with Oliver Luck, Mark Murphy, uh, Scott Hallenbeck, and then you've been able to to witness uh, an NFL OTA before. So talk about working with those individuals and and being able to see an NFL OTA and just how that has really helped you grow as a coach. I'll tell you, uh, you talk about Oliver Luck and Mark Murphy, Scott Hallenbeck and those guys, all those guys on the board, man, these these are some geniuses. Uh, the, the Just different perspectives that they bring to the table about the business side of football, about the cultural side, you know, and, and finding ways to, you know, the push messages to draw people in or, you know, whatever it may be. It's, it's really opened my eyes, you know, because sometimes, you know, in, in southern areas, as far as Texas, it's where football is king, you know, uh, we, we don't think there's really any problem outside of here because we think it is, you know, it's so strong down here that, um, football is going to survive and, you know, yada, yada. But, man, the way that they really break down the, the cultural backgrounds, the ethnicals, and, I mean, just the whole um, broad spectrum of how to press the message of how great football is has is, is really opened my eyes to a lot. Um, I've got a lot of insight. Um, I've been able to sit back and soak up a lot and, and really kind of understand the messages from, uh, just like I said, those type of guys, and and today it was no shock when they said that. <coughs> excuse me, it was no shock when they said that Oliver Luck and Jimmy Mann have uh, already surpassed people's thoughts on the XFL. But I'm like, this dude's already, you know, he's been the president of the NCAA. He helped start up the UFL at the time. I mean, this dude's got a load of experience in uh, in these type of things. And um, then of course, seeing the the business side of. Uh, Mark, Mur- uh, Mark Murphy and, and also seeing um, the relationship he carries with, you know, his staff at Green Bay. Uh, you talk about a gracious man. You know, sometimes we think that these presidents and these owners are probably like some, 
you know, just stuck up, really money-driven guys. And I'll tell you what, Mark Murphy has been one of the most genuine, um, accepting, and, and loving people I've ever met. Um, from day one when I met him, he's uh, really opened his arms and um, he's allowed me to come to those OTAs. And man, at the OTAs, it, it's, it's really neat to see the guys outside of the public eye. Um, I got to go there for two of the private practices and uh, it, was, it was fun to see an Aaron Rodgers, you know, cutting up, making jokes and not necessarily the serious, um, you know, guy that he is on, on ESPN and, and seeing how they attack each day, you know, and still seeing that, you know, even those guys are making bukus of money, you know, they're still attacking each day. Like, you know, it, it, it may be their last and, and how much they love this game. And um, it really kind of took my perspective is you see Aaron Rodgers taking coaching like he was a, a 16 year old kid in high school. I mean, this is a dude who's playing at an extremely high level. That's some would argue, you know, is a top five quarterback of all time, but he's still accepting coaching, you know, at 35, 36, whatever he is. And, uh, you know, it really helps me when, when I can see those guys, because then I can go back home and, and say, Hey, nobody's ever too good. Um, yeah. you know, can always learn even as a coach, you know, there's why coaches always have clinics and, you know, and doing these podcasts because we, we can never know enough. And the more that we can share with each other, the more um, that we're able to give, uh, just the better our professional uh, will be. And, and we as coaches will be. Yeah, that's, that's great. So the, so being able to work with, uh, with those three guys, uh, those three, you know, highly, highly um, high level individuals, what, what do you think about them? You know, because as coaches, we're especially, you know, young coaches, we're ambitious whenever we're getting started into the profession. We want to figure out what it is we got to do uh, to, you know, to be successful in our careers. Um, what do you think it is, you know, learning from those from those three individuals that made, that's made them successes? What do you think is something that would be good to pass on to young coaches uh, so that they are progressing in their careers and they're focusing on the on the right things? Um, definitely, you know, not let your fire die. Remember why you got into it. Um, you can tell when these guys are talking, I mean, you know, these guys are, you know, 40, 50, 60 plus years old, but when you listen to them speak and, and talk about the game, you can just hear the passion and love they have for it, uh, in their voice. And you can tell that, you know, no matter how old they've gotten or whatever it is, um, their love for the game is still there. And, and that's why they're doing the great work that they've been doing uh, because of the love for the game, to, to want to see this game continue to grow. And, and just because it's been such a focal point of all their lives. And so as a young coach, um, you know, I'm, I'm young myself. And um, that, that's what I've been able to take with me is, is just using this pure passion and love for the game and being able to press it along uh, and give it to my kids and try to share it with them to uh, understand, man, that this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I mean, when you graduate high school, you may be done playing or whatever it is, after college, NFL. But the fact is, when you're done playing football, football's over. Uh, you know, basketball, you can still go out to open gym and keep playing. 
And, you know, baseball, you're able to grab and go play softball, slow pitch, whatever. I know now they got the adult 7-on-7 seven seven leagues, but, you know, it's, it's completely different. When you're 11-on-11, 11 11, strapped up, helmet ready to roll, uh, it's just a whole different feeling. And uh, once you're done playing, that thing's gone forever, yeah. you know, as far as a player. So being able to use that passion and, and being able to put it into a profession where we get to influence the game that's given us so much uh, to really try to, to give back to what it, it gave us, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great answer. And um, I want to – I want I'm curious about this now. What do you think – um, what's your opinion on how to get kids to understand that, you know, football is not going to be a forever thing. And, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta teach and mentor kids, but what are some ways that you get them to buy into that mentality? Like, Oh man, you know, I'm high school football. I'm four years here and that's going to be it. I'm never going to get to play with these guys again, you know, and maybe I get to play college football, but, um, high school, you know, I, you, you build some solid relationships at the high school level, I think. Uh, so what, what's your perspective on how to get kids to buy into understanding that you only got so much amount of time to, to leave an impact here, and what are you going to do with that time? Uh, I know we, uh, we can both agree that we live in a day and age where it's, uh, you know, it's all for the pleasures of now. And, you know, and sometimes they don't see big picture. You know, they, they tack things as, uh, you know, well, this is great now, but I may not like it tomorrow. You know, it's kind of a flavor of the month society we're living in now. And so, uh, you know, just to, to sit the kids down in a room and, and have guys come in and, and tell their story, you know, us as coaches, like I said, we got the biggest platform because of what it's given us. And for us to be able to share our stories and, and you know, show how the game has affected us beyond, um, you know, a Tuesday practice or just that one Friday game that maybe we have lost or whatever, um, that really give them that real life examples of people who are living and breathing right in front of them who are teaching them and mm -hmm. showing them that there's so much more to it, that this is a special opportunity that going out on a Friday night on Texas is something that's amazing that if you go around and you listen to a lot of other States talk about, uh, it's something they wish they can experience. You know, I've been to states where their 5A, 6A stadiums maybe only hold 2,000, mm. you know, and just getting them to understand that, especially here in Texas, it is a, a special breed and, you know, it's not to be taken for granted that, you know, a lot of people just wish they could be in their shoes and, um, like I say, giving them those real life examples and the fact that, it can be taken away from you any moment. Um, you know, have, I, there's there's probably coaches on your staff, like there was on mine, that, um, you know, that had life flash before their eyes. Uh, matter of fact, we got a coach who, who fought in Iraq, and uh, his uh, RV went over an IED, and he lost a leg and, and some of his finger, you know, and he was able to one day – you know, kids weren't really cooperating. He, he kind of got them together. And, and you talk about not having a, a dry eye in sight. Uh, just for him to share that message with, you know, the, the difficulties of seeing your life flash before your eyes and having all, you know, your, your previous life taken from you um, to battling back and overcoming tremendous odds. Uh, you know, just trying to get kids to understand that, you know, it's more than just this moment that, mm -hmm. 
what you do in this moment is going to drive you and, and really set your mindset through the rest of your life. Man. Wow. And using those powerful stories will really, really make a difference. And uh, speaking of stories, I love that. I love to ask coaches this, what has been your best memory or favorite story from your coaching career so far? My best story would probably be, uh, he, he was one of our running backs. Um, you know, he got a lot of trouble is going into his sophomore year. And uh, when I got to Brazosport was when he was going to be a junior and he had just missed his whole sophomore year. And, uh, you know, they told me this situation and I was like, all right. So, you know, I, I really wanted to try to find a way to, you know, connect with this kid and because uh, he, he was a great kid and a heck of a ball player um, that got caught up in the wrong things at the wrong time. And, um Going into our junior or his junior year, it was uh, it was rough. Uh, I mean, he was our only guy that that was really you know moving things and do we could lean on. Uh, and we went one and nine, and, and you know seeing some of the struggles and frustrations he had, and um, you know really kind of being able to grow with him and build a relationship with him, and uh, we started to really connect. Me and him did, and uh, he into what we're asking we got a new head coach the next spring and then we I moved up in the profession and and I really got to grow with this kid because he was going to be the focal point of our team and uh man somewhere about mid-spring something clicked in him and I'm he went from you know kind of this immature crazy athlete to all of a sudden he was going to do everything he possibly could and one help us win the two set himself up for a better life, uh, especially knowing of his past mistakes because it had cost him a lot as far as scholarships and coaches coming in um, because they were, you know, challenging his character. And uh, I'll tell you right now, he, he's been one of the most respectful young men I've ever coached. Uh, he went on to have a fantastic senior year for 2,700 yards. Wow. Uh, and just seeing him be successful – and really turning his life around. That, that was probably the greatest moment in my career. Not necessarily what he did on the field, but uh, how he really took the challenges that he was faced off the field and, and used it to his advantage to learn and grow that, you know, so many kids when they face that, uh, they face that choice, they, they pick the wrong one. Uh, he understood what was, you know, in front of him and, and the things that he had to do to make sure he accomplished his goals and what he wanted out of his life. And, uh, and he's done that, and I couldn't be more proud. That was probably my greatest uh, story. <laughs> That's great, and and to see a to see a kid for it to like you said for it to click for them. That's one of the best feelings in the world. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's hard to describe what it was that that made it click for him. But you know, it's it, it definitely is a part to the message that you uh, speak into those kids, and and it shows in them whenever it does click for them. I mean, you may be. You may be a, a broken record saying the same things over and over to your to those players, but at some point, you know, that the message gets across. And I think, you know, you just working with them and, and just being being there for them, I think ultimately is what led to that. Uh, we, we won't know for sure the exact moment it did click for them, but something did. And I, and that's great. And and that's part of the, that's part of the big reason why I want to do this. I, I want to continue to do this show is because hearing those types of things just inspires you as a coach to keep on going. And, you know, that we got to, we got to make sure that we are 
investing in these kids and we're continuing to, to pour into them and understand that it's more than just a game and that we're going to make a difference for their life. So you're a great example of that, Coach. And before we sign off here, is there anything else that you would like to say uh, before we end? Man, I was going to kind of build off what you said right there. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times as coaches, we, we get frustrated by, you know, the process ourselves. We always tell our kids, you know, trust in the process. And I think sometimes we really got to remind ourselves that because, um, you know, kids can be frustrating. I mean, there's not a lot of professions in the world that our job depends on 16 to 18 year olds performing. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize that, that, um, you know, our, our, our jobs rely on them performing to the best of their abilities and going out and performing their best. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, we get so caught up in, in trying to, you know, win, win, win now um, that we need to sit back and, and remember the big picture that it's getting these kids prepared for life, you know, to be good civilians, to be good husbands, good brothers, good, you know, just all those for a better life for them and just making sure that we're setting themselves for a life of success. And, um, you know, there, there's many a bad days. I, I could probably count more bad days than I have good, um, especially being down here. And, uh, but I'll tell you, those, those good days are, are when you really see, you know, it's worth, uh, you know, getting those texts from kids two years ago that you hadn't talked to, but say, coach, man, I, I remember when you taught me this and uh, I just wanted to let you know, I'm still using it today. And I'm grateful for you and, and what you did for me. And I'm like, man, we've hardly talked over the last, you know, couple, but when they really remember the kids hear you and, yeah. And I think sometimes we need to make sure that we continue to drive our messages to those guys because um, well, they need it and uh, they're deserving of it. And we just got to make sure that we show that we're there for them and, and we're trying to help them grow people and uh, continue to push for them and fight for them. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I agree a hundred percent. And coach, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate this. This was very eye opening for me and, getting to learn some of the things through the experiences you have had. This has been awesome. And I hope we continue to stay in touch. Uh, I want to, I want us to continue to stay in touch to see how we grow in our careers as well. So thank you again, coach, for joining us on the show. Man, I appreciate it, man. It's awesome what you're doing here. Cause like I said, it's so you know important to get these type of messages out. Cause uh, you know, we all have a story and sometimes we can connect with those stories, man. So you're doing a great job. I appreciate you doing this too. Thank you, Coach. Have a good day. You too, man. Man, I enjoyed this one with Brad. It was such a deep conversation. We even got into a little bit of history today, discussing a few studies that still affect the way that we develop relationships with athletes and uh, in school in general. I just love where these conversations can go, and Brad is just a great example. He's a great person to talk to and to get advice from, and he's a great example of how you can accomplish whatever goals you want to accomplish. It doesn't matter if you're a coach or if you're a player. There's a lot that you can accomplish, and I just appreciate his transparency and openness to talk about his past, talk about mistakes he's made and how he has learned from those, and then how he has been able to handle adverse situations. So I really enjoyed this one with Brad, and I hope that y'all are continuing to enjoy these conversations that we are having on this show. I think it just continues to get better and better. Each guest has something great to offer, and I love to pass on the information that they have. So please... Show your support for the show. Word of mouth is great to tell others to come and listen to The Coach's Journey. 
Follow us on Twitter by searching at The Coach's Journey and then on Instagram by searching The underscore Coach's Journey. Continue to show your support. Continue to discover your why. Continue to impact kids because I believe we are in the greatest profession in the world. Thank you and have a great day.